This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Pretty prolific sacker of the quarterback was on the market and is now off the market. And that is Mr. Ryan Kerrigan, the Washington football team's all-time leader in sacks. Is now That's kind of, I mean, it's just because it's 1982. They didn't keep track of the yeah, sacks, yeah. All-time leader in sacks now going to division rival Philadelphia on a one-year deal to play for the Eagles team in a little bit of a purgatory state, so an interesting move there. But uh, it was reported that after Ryan Kerrigan signed with the Eagles that the other teams other than Philadelphia that were heavily interested in him were the Cincinnati Bengals and your Pittsburgh Steelers and Ryan Kerrigan would have been a nice little piece like to come to see him in, in black and gold as just a total hey your pass rushing situations and your only job is to rush the quarterback kind of guy uh something that I think the Steelers could definitely use especially if Alex Highsmith struggles early in the season it's just that one track mind player get to the quarterback and Kerrigan is certainly uh elite at that but it got me to thinking that just because Ryan Kerrigan is off the market does not mean that the Steelers can't go out and get that type of a player. Uh, there's several of them that, in fact, play the same position as Kerrigan that might not be as you know pedigreed as he is, but certainly might still have one or two years left in the tank and could come in on a one-year deal to help as just a specific off-the-bench rush-the-quarterback edge rusher and a couple guys that are at the top of the list of available free agents still on the market. You look at the former L.A. Charger Melvin Ingram, who is 32 years old, uh, getting uh, let go by the Chargers or agree the Chargers not agreeing not to bring him back this year. So he is on that market available as an edge rusher at 32 years old, just like Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, not like I said, the pedigree's not there like Ryan Kerrigan, but that's a guy that you know you can bring a veteran presence into camp. You know, can put a little bit more pressure on Alex Highsmith as far as that position is concerned. Definitely. So it's not just like, a, okay, Alex, you just automatically get the position now because we have no other options, which at this point they don't. It's basically his or they're in big, big trouble. Um, but, yeah, maybe this is a guy that they make a move for. The money has to be right, of course. But all these guys that are still on the market – are pretty veteran and I think are pretty much going to only get one-year deals for the most part. I mean, there's some people like Steven Nelson who I think might be able to get a couple more years. Malik Hooker, safety from the Colts, who's only 25. I, I think he could get more than one year. But for the most part, when you get these late free agent signings, much like Ryan Kerrigan was, you're looking at just a one-year deal and you can make the money work there. But you know, Melvin Ingram won. And Justin Houston, formerly of the Colts last year, another one, 32 years old, playing that edge rusher position. I do not really frown at the notion of going out and bringing in one of these veteran edge rushers to just try to fill some depth at that part of no. the roster. I mean, Justin Houston was the face of the, the Kansas City defense for a couple of years when it was, <clears throat> excuse me, when it was Kansas City hosting the Steelers uh, in the, the uh, what was it, the division round game in 2017's playoff or 20, the 2016 season, I believe, and it was a formidable defense that the uh, Steelers were going up against, and Justin Houston led that force. And, I mean, yeah, he, he spent some time in Indianapolis, but he's still uh, young enough. He's about the, around the same age as, as Cam and as, as Steph and as uh, Tyson Alawalo, so there's no reason that to think that, oh, this guy's significantly older. It's not really going to do us much help. I would, I would have no problem seeing him on the Steelers as well. 
One thing that would work in your favor with a guy like Melvin Ingram, too, is he's coming off of the worst year of his career. And maybe that doesn't work in your favor because you don't want to sign a guy who's like that. But he played in the least amount of games he's played in since his second year getting into the league. He only played and started in seven games last year for the Chargers. Uh, he had one interception, but for the first time in his career, he walked away without a single sack. And this is a guy who just two, the two years prior in 19 and 18 had seven sacks. And then in 2017, uh, when he made the Pro Bowl, he had 10 and a half sacks for the L.A. Chargers. So... 17, 18, and 19, you're looking at three straight Pro Bowls. 2020, you could kind of look at that and be a little bit of an enigma, a bit of an anomaly, a bit of an outlier. Then again, he's 32 years old. Maybe he's wearing down as he gets later in his career, and certainly only being able to play seven games would be evidence to that. But, you know, you're going to be able to get him cheaper for sure. Yeah. That's the point. And again, you're not bringing in Melvin Ingram to be the Melvin Ingram that he was in 17, 18, and 19, where he's starting all 16 games for the Chargers, and he's one of their more prolific pass rushers, sacking the quarterback at the least seven times during the season. You're just asking him to come in on third and longs. You're asking him to come in on obvious passing downs and just have a one-track mind rush that quarterback. There is nothing else you have to worry about. And again... If Alex Highsmith can't cut the mustard, right now you don't even know who you're going to throw in there opposite of T.J. Watt to get the job done. If you had a veteran like Melvin Ingram on your roster or Justin Houston on your roster, that becomes a little bit more obvious where uh, you don't want to go to Melvin Ingram, but you don't feel terrible having to turn the if keys over to a guy, veteran yeah. if Highsmith can't get the job done. And again, we'll get into this a little bit too, but uh, you, you don't – I don't like the idea of a second-year guy out of Charlotte just kind of being handed the starting job. I kind of like the earn that kind of angle, and I want him to, and I want him to be the number one spot, but I don't want him to be at camp and look around, but look around in his outside linebacker room and be like, well, this is a layup. I'm easily the second-best player here. I want him to look at Melvin Ingram or Justin Houston and be like, those guys have been around the block a few times. I'm going to have to really stay sharp to keep my job at number two here. At least, though, I'll say this. I agree with you. Just handing out the keys to Highsmith from the get-go isn't ideal, but at least he got significant playtime last year, right? It, even though he didn't maybe earn it, it's just because Bud left. But Bud was also down for a good chunk of games last year, and at least Highsmith isn't coming in this year having played zero games, having started zero games. I mean, he got some starts last year, which I think is crucial to him kind of forming his real game this year. Right, so it's not exactly like he's just being handed the keys without any kind of track record, but still, you just have to scratch your head and wonder uh, if he's going to be the guy or if he can step up and be that starter. Uh, Justin Houston might cost you a little bit more money, to be honest with you. Guy stayed healthy the past two seasons in Indianapolis. He had 11 sacks his first year in 2019. He had eight sacks in 2020. Really, why is this guy not on the roster anymore? It's right. a little weird, but he is getting older. Obviously, he's 32 years old now this year, but the production was still there uh, to the point where it might just be a little too rich for the Steelers' blood, or he might be asking for too much money. But if you can make the money work, I'd rather have Justin Houston than a Melvin Ingram as far as that extra edge guy lining up on the outside with his hand in the dirt or just standing up and rushing the passer one-track mind. I mean... You said he was the face of that Kansas City Chiefs team. I mean, talking about an all-pro in 2014 who had 22 sacks. I mean, this guy right. is a prolific sacker of the quarterback, and I think it would be kind of in the same vein, if not better, than Ryan Kerrigan signing to go out and get a Justin Houston. But again, 
And I don't know I, if the money I, works and there. And about, I think Justin Houston might want to be a starter still. And I but. talked about, you know, I mentioned the names of the defensive linemen and, and, and Tyson, Steph, and Cam. But even though he is an edge rusher, you could still put him up there on the front line. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's no reason to say that we can. I think that's why they call those position edge now. It's right. Because they're just right. they're not, it's, the it's, ends, it's, they're not outside exactly. linebackers. It's, it's a rotational, it's a, it's a transitional position now. And I think that, you know, it, it wouldn't be the end of the world, too, if you kind of say, okay, well, do we want Tyson, Cam, Steph, and Justin, if he signs with the Steelers, four guys all above the age of 30, or do we want three of those four and we still put in TJ and a young Alex Highsmith and say we still have two young guys with a lot of jump to them left? So that's that's what I was trying to say. But, yeah, I mean, I think even though the front seven is a lot stronger than the – the back four is right now, and that's a lot to do with the lack of depth in the in the cornerback position, and the basically zero depth of the safety position. It's just you have two good starters there. It's just that there's no reason that you shouldn't expect the Steelers to say we can still add to this piece. This is this is one of the most formidable front sevens in the NFL. There's no reason that we can, if we can afford it, we we shouldn't stop ourselves from adding to it. Now, I don't see the Steelers going out and signing uh, Justin Houston, like I said. Melvin Ingram may be a little bit of a better chance, but I still don't know if they would take the, the shot at a guy like that. But as you move down the list as far as you know, top available free agents still and looking at edge rushers and guys like Vic Beasley from the Raiders pop up and uh, Adrian Claiborne from Cleveland pops up, uh, Olivier Vernon from the Browns. Everson Griffin, maybe? Everson Griffin is another good one. You know, these guys that are kind of getting towards the point where they're a little over the hill as far as their career is concerned. And I think a guy like a Vic Beasley uh, out of Vegas had the best part of his career in Atlanta before going to Vegas. Uh, didn't really have that great of a go of it last year. He split time between two teams, between the Titans and the Raiders, uh, ending in Vegas, only playing five games each for those teams. Uh, injury problems obviously persisting him, but... You know, in 2019, before he had a troublesome year last year, eight sacks for the Falcons, five and five the two years prior to that, and 15 and a half sacks when he was a first-team All-Pro in 2016. So track record's there with Vic Beasley. He's only 29 years old, so that might get him a couple extra million dollars as far as the open market's concerned. But, you know, after that disastrous 2020 season where he bounced around from two teams and really mm -hmm. couldn't stay healthy for either of them, that might be a guy that you can circle as the Pittsburgh Steelers and say – okay, we're getting someone who's still on the, the right side of 30, not going to threaten Highsmith too much as far as we just signed our starter and Highsmith is going to come into camp with the boo-boo face because he thought he could do it and they go out and sign somebody. But it's going to make you more comfortable. And, and honestly, let's not act like T.J. Watt and Highsmith are supermen and are going to play all right. the snaps. Even Tewitt or Hayward are going to play all the snaps. So having a guy come off the bench that's not, I don't know, Henry Mondo or – you know, Isaiah Bugs to rush the outside. You want to have Vic Beasley, someone like that, that although they might not get the job done to the tune of being a starter or a first-team All-Pro like they once were, they're going to be a cheap option. And when you can kind of put them in that backup role, maybe they become a little bit more hungrier because they don't think they should be there. Or maybe when they only have that one-track mind, they're only playing third and long, only rushing the quarterback, they can really thrive in that specific role laid out for them. So... I'll circle Vic Beasley's name as a guy that sure. I think makes sense money-wise and a guy that I think makes sense as far as he's a starter-ish, 
but that last 2020 year might make it feasible to sign him as a backup, especially when his agent tells him, hey, you know, it might be time to sign with a team that you're not going to get an outside linebacker starting job. You got to at least get on a roster and earn it. So I, I would circle Vic Beasley as a guy that might be an interesting addition in that outside linebacker room. Yeah, I mean, I agree too. And let's be honest, someone like Vic Beasley or even like someone like Melvin Ingram or Justin Houston, Justin Houston's a little different because he was on the Chiefs, but maybe Melvin Ingram and 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 uh, Vic Beasley more so is that <clears throat> this could be their best chance to win a Super Bowl, right? I mean, these are guys who have been around for, I mean, Melvin Ingram longer than Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley was in the Super Bowl with the Falcons. That time oh, you're lost. right. Yeah, yeah you're he was right. the first team all pro that year too. You're absolutely right, but... I mean, when you're going up against Tom Brady, it's not not the best of odds. But but he does. I but did forget as far that. as I the teams they're that. coming from. I mean, right. He was I mean, he on came, the Titans, but then got traded to the Vegas Raiders, so that stinks. Who were yeah, a and terrible team down the stretch. Melvin Ingram. I mean, the Chargers are good, and they have shown flashes, but you know they're starting to finally was, kind of put was, it together when they get rid of them. There so. was never a Super Bowl, no Super Bowl or bust type of year or Super Bowl expectations kind of year for the Chargers, especially down the stretch when Philip Rivers really wasn't playing well. I mean, his best year in recent memory was this past year on the Colts, an entirely different team. But to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, too, yeah, I understand. This might be their best chance to win a Super Bowl right now, but also it's nice guys like Beasley, Ingram, Houston played on winning teams. Right. Falcons were Good winning point. when Beasley Good was point. there. You know, they know how to play on teams that are trying to get to the Super Bowl and trying to get to the playoffs. So it's not like you're bringing in a Jaguar and just trying to throw them into the fire. Like, you they can understand what it takes to get to that point, which might also help as far as, you know, convincing a Vic Beasley to be a backup because he could be like, hey, when I was a starter, when we went to the Super Bowl, our backups were great and our depth was great. They recognize what it takes to be a winning football team when you've been around the block as long as they have and you've been on teams that have been to the playoffs and won playoff right. games. So that's Gone a factor, I think, Bowl. working for them. Yeah. Any of those guys that you sign as well. Whereas if you bring in an Olivier Vernon, yeah, he had some good run with the Giants and he made it to the playoffs last year with the Browns, even though he was hurt for the majority of the year. Right. And that's a guy that hasn't been playing with the most banner franchises for most of his career. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say the Giants aren't banner. They just been down when he was there. Well, yeah, I mean, they they were far from it. I mean, since 2011, since their last Super Bowl win, I don't think think they've won one playoff. They haven't. They went to the Lambeau Field, I think, and Eli got smoked by Yeah, I think the final score was like 31 to 2 or something. No, it was like, I remember Eli scored first, and it was kind of like, wow. I remember sitting there being like, wow, playoff Eli's the thing. He's going to beat Green Bay, and they're going to run all the way to the Super Bowl. And then the Rodgers Packers were like, no, we're gonna like thirty happen. straight points, right. but yeah, they've been down a little bit, but still, um, you know these guys these like are, these, these are guys these come, are, who come, come from good, from teams. good culture, right. yeah, and that's yeah. something that you want when you have a great culture like the Steelers. You want to bring in guys. It's that just are gonna, gonna bring it out more so in you, right? When you when you see a team like the Atlanta Falcons from five years ago, when you see a team like Justin Houston when he was on the Chiefs. Uh, at the at the end of the Alex Smith era, the beginning of the Pat Mahomes era, regardless, it was during the Andy Reid era. You come from good organizations. You come from the right mindset. You come from just the all around best scenario for you. But you people just have this image of the Pittsburgh Steelers in this head of this is the standard of the league. This is a franchise who does things well. They have good coaches. They have good ownership, and they have good locker room. Uh, Whatever bondmanship or or sportsmanship, I guess you Cohesion. could say. Yeah, there you go. That that's a team where if you're used to it and you come to the Steelers, you're gonna say, "This is something that I've been, I've 
appreciated my entire NFL career because I've come from something great, but I can see it just to an, another, maybe a, another level here in Pittsburgh. They, they really do get it. This, the, the cohesion, the, the bond between players and the coach and an ownership. It's not just three separate entities. It's one big group. Now, looking at another spot that they could use some extra depth is the cornerback position. And the top guys that are still available, Steven Nelson, obviously you don't think they're going to try to build that bridge back up with him. Maybe maybe it's possible. I mean, I haven't heard any buzz about Steve Nelson's name at all. I mean, I don't know if you I have. did see Fowler say that there's as many as like 18 teams kicking a tire on him. <laughs> So that that just I, that doesn't mean that eighteen teams are pursuing him. That just means that the way that Fowler worded it, it kind of seemed like the reason why Stephen Nelson is still available is because he's got a ton of interest and he's just weighing which one might be best as far as money and winning is concerned. So that and that makes sense. You know, you can get held up on both sides of the spectrum. No one wants you and you're struggling to field offers or you've got three, four, five solid offers that you really have to mull over because, and this is a big decision for Nelson. He's 28 years old. He's coming right. off of a team that was supposedly contending. I don't think he wants to go to a team that's, you know, kind of middle of the road. I think he wants to find himself on a contending team. And one of the teams that I did see interested is the Buffalo Bills, which I think if they could find a way to sign him, Pair him with Trey that would Davis. make them They'd really, be a really scary. good secondary. Really yeah. scary. So Steve Nelson, the best one available for most people right now, and then the other top uh, three: Brian Poole, same age as Steve Nelson, formerly of the New York Jets, and the veteran who is still out there looking for that one-year deal. The mercenary. Would style. you like to see him in the black and gold? No, Richard because Sherman? we already no? have Joe Hayden. I feel like it's just bringing in. But you don't Joe think Hayden. it would? Be, it would be like a good just. I think veteran cornerback position. Do you, I get nervous about the risk of having a 33 year old and a 33 year old. And he's a little, there. he's a little injury prone too. And it's just, you know, but he's good. I mean, he's still good, Tom. Yeah, he's fine. He's still, he's definitely in that mercenary. And then role. you don't have to worry so much about when you pull Cam Sutton or yeah, when you pull Cam Sutton, you don't have to worry about pulling in Justin Lane as as the actual cornerback for that play, if you if you want to put in uh, Cam Sutton as the nickel guy, I mean, if you have Richard Sherman on your roster, then you can kind of use Cam Sutton the way you've been using Cam Sutton the last couple of years, and that's to his greatest benefit, I think. That's a very senior secondary, though, or on the outside yeah. of the cornerback position. There's they could be in well, a retirement. I mean, yeah, they could just both on be the outside, retirement right. home with their combined ages. So, you know. It's a risk, but, I mean, it's not like you're taking a risk on someone that's not going to flirt with the Hall of Fame one day with Richard Sherman. So I just don't know if they have it in the cards to go out and try to grab him. And also, with a guy like Richard Sherman, who's just a gun for hire, a mercenary, I mean, the fit has to be right for him, too. He might look at Pittsburgh and say, in his mind, they're a little further away than some of the other teams that are kicking the tires on me. Uh, I'm going to actually go to, I don't know, say the Dolphins because I think they're closer. Or I'm going to go to the Browns because I think they're closer. You know what I mean? So it works both ways when you get a veteran like that who's kind of just in that gun-for-hire role and just trying to get one-year contract after one-year contract with contenders to try to continue his longevity of his career. So I, I don't know if it'd be in the cards to sign the 33-year-old. And maybe it's just, you know, when the Steelers went out and got Joe Hayden, that was, what, five years ago at this point? Mm -hmm. So he was a much younger player. It was a much more exciting move for the Steelers because you thought this was a guy that the Browns were just kind of giving up on, but he was still on the right side of 30. And maybe it's just because of that. That's what I'm thinking of when I, when I hear Richard Sherman's name. Richard Sherman is 
probably at the peak of his career better than Joe Hayden was at the peak of his career. But still, this is now years beyond his peak, and it's not necessarily the same player, but it's still a flashy name. And it could just be getting a flashy name for the flashy name's sake. Maybe not the best move, I understand, but I don't know, Tom. I mean, the, the depth is definitely there. I mean, it, it would be added help, but it's definitely bringing in someone who's not 100% ready to go, ready to play every snap like Terrell Edmonds is at, at the safety position. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to sign any of those big three, they're going to want to be the starter, and I think they would be the starter on the outside. And I think the Steelers are pretty comfortable with Cam Sutton. So I think if they're going to add depth, they'd look a little deeper down the free agency uh, pool as it stands right now. And there's guys like our old friend from the Bengals who played one year in Atlanta last year, Darquez Denard. Only 29 years old. He only started in six games for the Falcons, playing in eight of them last year. So certainly a backup that you would be bringing into the Steelers' fold. Uh, same thing with a guy like Nickel Roby Coleman, uh, playing for the Eagles last year. Bring him in, kind of be that backup. Kind of be that backup. Phone ads popping up as I'm looking through the free agency on my computer. Uh you know, I, I think it's just guys like that. You go deeper into the class. DJ Hayden out of Jacksonville, he's 31 years old. Uh, Josh Norman, kind of that same fold as Richard yeah. Sherman, but worse than Richard Sherman Definitely. right now. So and, and more of a off-field distraction liability. Here's well. another name just like that Richard Sherman name, Prince Amukamura, playing for the Cardinals last year, played for the Giants prior to that, 32 years old. I mean, uh, if I'm going to pick one of these guys, I think I would rather go with the uh, Nickel Roby Coleman or the Darquez Denard just because they're on the right side of 30. Uh, the other ones are a little bit more senior statesmen. But again, those are guys that I don't want to come in and be the starter. These would just be depth signings that I would make. And uh, of course, the money would have to be right. Like a one year deal worth two, right. three million dollars for both of these guys. But it's all about winning now. You know, with Ben Again, last year. You know, you have Joe Hayden, but past Joe Hayden, that's a very young, inexperienced room in that cornerback room. So I don't think you could be harmed by bringing in a guy like Denard that, although he didn't really find it in his second team with Atlanta last year, only being there for that one year, uh, was with the Bengals for five, six years before that. And I mean, it's a name you heard on your television broadcast when you played the Bengals. He was a contributor to that defense. Uh, one year he had two interceptions was able to get over 100 yards and return yards from those interceptions. So he's a guy that was making plays before in the past, just kind of probably past that point in his career. But like I said, he's still on the right side of 30. And it's a guy that I think would be at least more trustworthy when you go nickel and you bump Sutton in and you throw Darquez Denard out there for the outside instead of a Justin Lane or a James Pierre. Tom, I mean, this is the issue that the Steelers are left with, right? We started off this episode talking about the front seven, the edge guys, the D-tackle guys possibly, or, or even outside linebackers. But this is the issue that the Steelers face is the fact that up front, the depth is a, is a lot less concerning of an issue compared to the secondary. And that's why we're floating names out like even Josh Norman, guys who you don't want to see in the black and gold, but – it's possible that they have to come here because it's affordable and the Steelers need the depth. And if you want to, you know, kind of bleed over into that safety room too, you mentioned earlier in this episode, that's a pretty weak spot for the Steelers as well. Uh, you know, I, I would totally be fine with signing someone way down the free agency depth chart pool. I, I mean, maybe like uh, a Jeff Heath who played for the Raiders last year. Uh, just someone that is a name that's not going to really move the needle. 
but it's someone that you can trust a little bit more than what they currently have. Bradley McDougal from uh, the Jets, he's available. Uh, he'd be super cheap. He's way down the list as far as safeties that are, are available right now. Just, just one of those guys that come in, give him a million dollars, have him play special teams for you, uh, have him be ready just in case one of the big two goes down. But in the back of your head, the big two have been healthier than anybody on your roster for the past two to three seasons. Uh, since Edmonds was drafted and since Fitzpatrick was traded for. So, you know, in your back of your head, you have a pretty strong uh, feeling that you're going to stay healthy at that group. But just a guy that is better than what they have on the roster now, that if, God forbid, one of those two were to go down for a couple games, can step in, has starting safety experience in the NFL. And although there was uh, naturally going to be a drop-off between either one of those guys going down, just limiting the drop-off, limiting the damage, and again, just bringing in someone who's a little bit more veteran to be behind two still very young safeties who you have starting. Yeah, but okay, Tom, so I don't get it. You want to bring in a, a veteran, but you don't want to bring in uh, Richard Sherman at the cornerback Well, different position. position. I get it's a different position, but it's still the same secondary I'm bringing group. in – do you want to bring uh, – okay, I'll let me throw this at you then. I'd bring in Richard Sherman if he's willing to ride the bench and be the third corner. Because I feel like a guy like Kenny Vaccaro, a guy like uh, Bradley McDougal, yeah, they're willing to ride the bench and play special teams to be a third safety. I don't know about that with Richard Sherman. And I kind of feel like, or at least I would hope so if I'm you the have Steelers, no, you have no Cam Sutton's better than Richard Sherman. You, you know have, what I mean? Do you have any interest in Earl Thomas coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's a lot of baggage. That's a ton of baggage off the field. And he still might be good enough, honestly, to be a starter. I think he was. I think he was with Baltimore until he... What did he get hurt? I believe he got or? released because yeah. of all the off the field stuff yeah. and the drama with the his girlfriend and right, and right, right. That's a lot of baggage. That's not something the Steelers are interested in. In, in for a, for out. a for who would project to be a backup safety at least to start? No, I, you can't do that. So you're more. I mean, McDougal and Vaccaro are the same age, but Earl Vaccaro Thomas, might be more expensive too. Vaccaro at least contributed to Tennessee recently. Earl Thomas has the higher pedigree. How old is Earl Thomas? He's only 32. He just turned 32. I feel like a team is going to take a shot on him eventually. I just don't think it's going to be the Steelers. And I don't think it should be the Steelers. That's just a lot of baggage to be bringing in to be a backup safety. And, the, and, and it's, not something, it's not something that the Steelers are, are interested in bringing they on. They never really do that anyway. And you know what? He's is Earl Thomas starting to approach that point too, where it's it's name recognition more than actual talent on the field. Do you think? Okay, so here's a question: Who is more name recognition than talent, Richard Sherman or Earl Thomas? Both previously in that we have of to Boone? say Earl Thomas just because he missed most of last season, and at least we saw Richard Sherman. I mean, Richard Sherman played in a Super Bowl as recently as two years ago, and he was still pretty average for the Niners last year. The Niners team was just a joke. I mean. What was Richard Sherman going to do to help that Niners team last year? There was just injuries all over the place, and their offense was led by Nick Mullins, for Christ's sake, some games. So I would say Richard Sherman, although I still think both of them probably get – who knows about Earl Thomas if a team will even take a chance right. on him. But Richard Sherman would get an extra million or two because of his name. But I think Richard Sherman's game is still at a point where – if he were to go to a team where he could be that gun for hire, that mercenary type of corner, he'd still he be a it. very good contributor. And I think Earl Thomas might be too, but it's just there's so many question marks surrounding him. Whereas Richard Sherman, he's been a model citizen off the field. Right. That's so. why I'm I'm ha I mean it's a different position, but I'm happy to do it. And I don't think 
you know, if you were to come in and say to Earl Thomas, hey, we're happy to bring you on, but we have Minka Fitzpatrick, who's the number one, if not number two guy at the position, and we have Terrell Edmonds, who's been our stalwart guy for the past four years, hasn't missed a snap, has led the team in tackles a couple of times. If you're okay with it coming off the bench, we'll, we'll be happy to bring you on. I don't think Earl Thomas would be as okay with that if you went to I agree and did the same thing with Richard Sherman. Say, hey, you know the situation here. We already have a veteran starting. We have a young guy at Cam Sutton starting as well. We'd rather start him because he's younger. But if you're okay coming off the bench, we'd love to bring you on. I think Richard Sherman would be a lot more comfortable with that. But again, it's it's a different position and it's different de- it's different levels of depth at each, at each position. So I think if you're looking for depth, obviously. We talk a lot about how when you pull a cornerback into a into a slot kind of cornerback position, you have you're bringing in guys like Justin Lane and James Pierre, but there is no need to do that at the safety position. However, the lack of depth at safety position I think is a lot more pressing. But because it's you don't have to bring in a third guy like that, you we're not really talking about those guys. So it depends on what you weigh is the more needed position of depth, the cornerback or the safety. Yeah, but I think that either way, I would like to see the Steelers go out and get an edge and someone in that secondary. Yeah, for sure. The depth, and I think they should do it through free agency because where else are you going to do it at this point? Traps already has come and gone. So I think you got to try to stretch the cap a little bit more to your favor. I mean, look, you're trying to win now. What's the point of saving any salary cap when you're trying to win now? Use as much as you possibly can to fill out that roster as best as you possibly can. That's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. On the next episode of Steelers Standard, we're going to look around the NFL a little bit, just kick around some random headlines that I've seen being popped up, including by our old friend A.B. It's not necessarily a done deal with him and the Tampa Apparently Bay Buccaneers. Apparently not. So we'll get into that and get into some other NFL storylines that are making their way around the league as we get closer and closer to mini camps. And before you know it, training camp will be here. But For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opperman. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Steelers Standard. Check out all of our episodes at Steelers.com. And as always, we'll talk to you next time.